right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I have Caroline with me today. How's it going, Darns? Hey, hey we're back. We are back, and we've got <laughs> a, an illustrious returning guest uh, on the episode today. Uh, Dave Kane, the voice of the Cavaliers, should be very familiar to anybody listening to this. But uh, Dave, thanks for uh, joining us again. We appreciate you uh, coming to chat with us. Oh, thank you. Great to be with you guys. And uh, of all the adjectives that have been associated with my name, that may be the first time illustrious. <laughs> <laughs> a oh, little bit you. of a, a, a steal there for the Jesus and Mero illustrious guests terminology. I'm sure there's someone out there going, he did not coin that, but it is very fitting for you for sure. Nonetheless, how are your GameStop stocks doing today, Dave? <laughs> uh, yeah, how about that, man? It's <laughs> funny because I've been hearing the, the, about this the last couple of days. That's finally all right. I got to get into the weeds and know what I'm talking <laughs> about with this. And so yeah. finally, I think I, I read up and I think I understand about 25% of it now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like some very rich people got uh, hammered pretty well. But, uh, I, that's what I was able to make. It, it is all Greek. That's basically to me what I pulled sure. too. Yeah. No, Caroline, I'm sure you're on top of it with the. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait for someone to bring this up in one of my Darden classes. This yeah, week. there you like, go. Yeah. So I'm like, please don't make me answer questions on this because I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. I was actually going to ask you, Caroline, about that. That was one of the reasons I agreed to be on the pod. <laughs> Just econ questions and how it can drive the market and what impact that has on on hedge funds and stuff. Oh my god. Um, but Dave, well, I want to ask talk you. Talk about UBA basketball. You know? Yeah, yeah. We could either one. I want to deflect. So quickly, so I don't get any questions on the stock market. And by the way, speaking of GameStop, I got to throw this out there too, not to hijack your show, but I got to <laughs> shout out to uh, that. How about that football schedule release? Oh, so good. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely the amazing. Ever? Very the, it's good. the level of detail. Like the Cardinal, <laughs> the little like eight bit Cardinal had a little sweater on with the L. It was like. I, I almost got. I was so nostalgic. I almost got verklempt. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I absolutely loved it. I think, you know, that's something that for a while I've been saying this, but, and this sounds so like suck up, like, yes, you went, you're an alum, like whatever. Um, but the Virginia, like sports TV folks have been ahead of the game. Every single yeah. stop, like every single stop, there you go. Game stop, <laughs> bringing it all the way back. Um, but even back, you know, 2007, 2008, like times where I was like deployed or gone places, I could always find recaps and video, like the video turnaround was always right. so quick and they always put together great video packages. And so it's, it, it's been really cool to watch the progression of like how creative and the people they have on that team and like the different, the leeway they've also gotten, which is part of it to get more creative and have fun, even with some of the like recap videos just from gameplay like it's just yeah. been really really cool to see and and it's nice that they were able to kind of flex some uh some creativity there which For i guess sure. we can talk about the football schedule later too but dave what has it been like covering game you know calling games um during the pandemic obviously <laughs> there's very few people at jpj i've been i've covered a couple games in person thankfully um but you've also done road games you know with where do you call those from like what has that whole experience been like for you guys yeah um a lot like the experience talking to you guys right now on zoom <laughs> I mean, yeah. a lot of it i mean but no it's it's been incredibly unique and there's been definitely some adjustment tied to it um so what we've been doing is during football season we were able to do all but one game in person um, mm -hmm. I think the one game we did not do was at Miami. Actually, check that too. It was Miami and Florida State. We, we did those two games remotely. But um, aside from that, fortunately, we were able to be there for all of them. And, and it really, you know, I think football is really hard to do uh, on video. You know, you get used to it. I mean, I guess probably maybe because I'd only done one or two of them, so I never really got yeah. into the rhythm of it. Um, I think we're starting to get into the rhythm of it a little more with basketball, doing those games remotely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's – you have to look for different things that you wouldn't expect, you know, like for me, a couple of things that hang me up uh, doing those games that way is for example, uh, officials, you know, when they mm. make a, a call, mm -hmm. you can't see who they're signaling. So you're totally reliant on, on if you, that stat broadcast is going to be operating so you can see yep. that's <laughs> on, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't, I can't see substitutions the way I'd like to. I usually yeah. like to sit coming in and out of a game. I can't see that. So I'm not able to do that as much. 
Um, or even just like something as long at halftime. I can't look at the scoreboard unless I have someone dedicated to, to sending me a Zoom video of the scoreboard. Oh, goodness. How much time is left to time out my segment to go out. So anyway, just a couple of the yeah. things, you know, that, that are tricky about it. But with that said, I mean, I think the logistical part, and, and you guys are going to be so sorry you ever asked this question because now I'm taking <laughs> you into the week. But what people don't realize is, for us to do those broadcasts, so we, we and I guess I'll give a little bit more background, we, we do the games remotely from Scott Stadium. So in that media, in that media seating area, which you guys have, have seen at Scott Stadium on the west side, that's we sit in that lobby area. Well, for, for football games, we actually sat in the broadcast booth for the television booth. We, so we mm-hmm. actually called off those little TVs up there. And it was nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you, there was no glamour involved in this. <laughs> He passes it to someone. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was, it was, uh, yeah, that was a trick. But so, so for basketball, we we actually got smarter with it. And we we got a bigger television lined up, and it's inside now. So we have you know three tables. It's it's our engineer Vicente on one table, and then you know we're all socially distanced in there. And then I got my <laughs> table, and I got Jimmy's table um, down from me. Yeah. But the first time we got there. Uh, it was a night game. It, it wasn't the first. It was maybe it was maybe the first basketball game. But anyway, we we didn't even know how to turn the lights on. So, <laughs> literally, we were starting from from there. We were like, how do we get the lights on? So I had to call like a few places with our facilities guys and say, we we are literally in the dark here. I mean, <laughs> there's no better way to describe our situation, both oh, figuratively and literally, than that. But yeah. so we finally got the lights turned on. But then the other problem was they don't have the heat on in there. Oh, like, gosh. Nobody's in there normally. So our first like three or four games we had to do, you know, and I you start dressing warmer. You're sitting in the yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, It's just like you can't write this stuff. Yeah. But thankfully, they got both of those things resolved. So it's become a little more, like I say, streamlined as we've gone. But um, but so so one of the real tricks, though, is that so what we're seeing on the television monitor is in most cases what's called a backhaul feed. So that is the feed that's coming from the truck. So when it goes before ads or you know anything like that, we, we see what's going on on the court. It's a raw feed and which is nice. So you can see that shot clock. But if they go away from it, sometimes you're at their mercy. So yeah. Um, and during ads, you know, it stays at the arena so you can mm-hmm. see what's going on in the ads, which is nice. But the problem is they haven't separated the audio feed from the video feed. So their announcers are on the feed that we're watching. So we can't just use that audio. So what we have to do is have someone on location feeding us the natural sound. So in oh other words, gosh. shot being made. It, you don't hear a basket going, uh, you know, a, a ball wow. going through a cylinder like 10 seconds earlier, right. or a whistle being blown by an official or a buzzer going off yeah. at a bizarre time. It has to match what we're describing. So someone sends that back to us. And then we have to, that comes in sooner than the video that we see. So now my engineer has to use a delay unit to delay that audio to match the video. And so in some ways, it's kind of like trying to sync the radio broadcast yeah. TV if you're watching at home. Right. We're kind of doing the same thing uh, when, when we're calling these games remotely. So yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty bizarre exercise, but we're starting to get the hang of it, I think. Is that is earning his paycheck. Yes. <laughs> really, make, really making it work for that one there. Yeah, That's brutal. Yeah, a good one. Is it possible to get that on the on these away games too? Like to have the the feed on the ground that you need audio wise well so we're we are when we're at home we're in person so we are okay right right, jpj and so we're we're tucked away well that's another part of it too so we're not normally where we normally are courtside Mm -hmm. we have the best seat in the house normally for that Mm -hmm. but now we're now he's up with us we're with with all the media (laughs) regs caroline i've seen where you sit it's Uh, still pretty decent (laughs) no it, it could be worse so we're in the corner there and you know, but it does get a little tricky when the ball's on the other side yeah, of the court. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some things you can't see. So you're, there's a little more guesswork and it's a little harder to make out who's doing what. So, but you know, it's not too bad. I mean, all things gotcha. said, it's, it's not too bad. In fact, a lot of NBA teams do that anyway, but um, so anyway, but yeah, so we, we have the home for home or in person, but on the road, yeah, more often than not, yeah, we're pretty much doing that nuts. remote location. Man, that's incredible. I didn't know there was that much. To, I knew it's complicated, but that's fascinating. I appreciate the insight. That's like, um, what, I mean, when you talk about the atmosphere at JPJ, um, can you just kind of describe like, 
the how do you feel like about the audio piped in like do you hear much of that I mean I know you have headphone headsets and you're doing all that stuff but like the audio that's piped in obviously I think they use the first game they showed both of the normal intro videos and I feel like the last couple games they've kind of pared everything down like the UVA intros are kind of like hey here are the starters guys like there's 12 of you here so I guess we'll just do this way Tony Bennett's loving that part of it I'm sure (laughs) he has I mean he wants to to simplify everything when he walks out there's like no sound which is completely opposite of normal when he walks out and it's a one direction concert so (laughs) his ears too i'm sure because you know nobody shies away from the spotlight more than tony bennett but he's got his casual attire no one's cheering for him this is like his dream whatever he's wearing i don't know geez um no yeah it is weird and and i do i hear it absolutely because i don't know if you've noticed this too but like not only do i hear it i feel like i feel it Mm. i mean they have got the audio cranking so loud in that loud yeah really like i almost feel like i have to put my headphones on to to dull the noise (laughs) the i feel like the the crowd noise is piped in well norm wood pointed out to me that there's um right before it loops there's like one fan that goes woo and so now i can't unhear that oh yeah that would drive me um thanks norm shout out to norm (laughs) but and it's weird because like sometimes it's you know they've every once in a while when uva is on offense they'll switch to the pre-recorded chant that's like uva yeah well and you know here's the other thing i'm not able to listen as closely as you are because you know i I am usually talking over it and all this that (laughs) and the other so but i tell me if i'm wrong but it seems like it has sort of changed and they've honed it a little more as time has gone by because I, I don't know. It seems like it sounds more natural now than it did originally. It's like yeah. I said, from our operation to theirs, we're all making the plane as we fly it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I do think it's gotten much more consistent. There's still a couple of times where it feels like it'll cut randomly. And it sometimes it's when someone's shooting and you're like, oh, that's unlucky. Like, but I mean, there's always noise going on at a game. Like when there's right. stuff, like they'll try and sometimes it still plays like when Virginia's shooting free throws and normally that would be more quiet like it's just very weird one of the games I was in the back back like right under one of the speakers and sometimes it feels a little bit like white noise in the sense that like something that you would put on as you're going to sleep which doesn't help me (laughs) because I'm like oh this is kind of cozy um but it's been really interesting I think they've done a really good job um as far as like feeling comfortable going to cover a game um yeah no no question i i I totally agree and and i you know but i'll say this i don't think any sport and i've I've told a number of people this is more impacted by the lack of fans than college basketball i mean i I just think that 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 environment is part and parcel what makes college basketball so unique and and so special particularly when you're at a place like uva or you know duke or louisville where you've got that you, you, you built that up. And, and I right. even talked about that with coach Bennett, you know, and he, he just said, man, you work so hard to build that where you've got, you know, yeah. 4,000 yeah. people on the waiting list. And yeah, that's a unique situation to be in. So I think schools like Virginia, because of that may be impacted even more than, than others, but man, it, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't feel as foreign to me during football season as it does during basketball season. Makes sense. Um, it but, feels extraordinarily scrim like, not scrimmagey that makes it kind of like sound condescending but you know what I mean like it, it just kind of feels like a pickup game yeah, at times when because there's so little reaction from and there are a few fans there and they do cheer but when it's you know 100 people and you're yeah. used to hearing 15,000 when the shot clock gets to 10 like yeah. and so yeah, I, I think that's been ask, really interesting is yeah there seeing, a specific shot clock violation sound bite <laughs> they need to whoever has that they actually the first couple games i haven't really noticed in the past few if it's gotten to 10 seconds but they had one that changed the sound so when it hit 10 seconds they like and i say hit a button i don't it's probably extraordinarily like intricate with the different things i'm assuming someone has one of those like dj mixing boards and is like (laughs) all right let's hit this like you know trying to get but they did change it where it was kind of like just generic sound to like louder cheering down yeah. yeah so it's been really interesting to see how they've handled everything i was it's gonna say dangerous to, to assume the more complex it could right, be right, yeah. we, we're just trying to turn the lights on you know what, yeah. I mean? what we picked up from this conversation is it really is just a button <laughs> yeah exactly but I, I was thinking you know the jpj obviously amazing atmosphere the past however long but uh 
when I was an undergrad, I was at those winter break 2005 U-Haul games. <laughs> you know, like I've seen UVA playing empty home gyms before. <laughs> you know? no, no. And I had too in my time. Right, right, for yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, in fact, when I when I took this job, I think when I was first here, I remember taking a tour of the, the arena with somebody who was, uh, you know, um, worked in the athletic department at that time. And they said, yeah, you know, they built it too big. They built uh, it too big. Yeah. And, you know, for the time, it felt like it. Yeah. It doesn't anymore. It's amazing. And, and again, going to that point of just how hard it is to get to this point and yeah. you have to do. So, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's commendable. And, and, you know, we could say that on just about every front associated with his basketball for sure. program. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things like Virginia, I look at it, there's so many stats that you can pick like cherry pick and tell, well, anyone of like mine and Pierce's age when we graduated where it's like, imagine in 2020, 2021, yeah. that Virginia has won 15 straight ACC games, right, you know, right. that they've started six and oh, I think six and oh is the mark, but it's like th- that in XYZ number of seasons over this short span that they've have the best conference record. I think it was if any power five in over four and four plus seasons, whatever it is. So you look at this team, are they about where you maybe expected them to be the beginning of the season how do you think that they're rounding into form do you think there's more space to grow what do you what do you like what you're seeing out of them where do you think they can go kind of a loaded question but well yeah I mean I I think it's the sort of deal when this season started I I actually probably they are about where I kind of thought they would be honestly I mean now this was a u-curve here because (laughs) my expectations changed rather dramatically early on and it's so funny too I mean I we've gotten to the point and I I I sometimes tease coach Bennett about this because he is it's sort of what makes him great too but you know (laughs) I think I I don't remember if he even said it during the national championship year, but every year, you know, we have the early season, you know, conversation and, and early on, he's always seeing all the warts with his team. So yeah. 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 I just, you know, people, they just, they need to yeah. see the team wait till they see it. And, you know, and, and he was said that, you know, at times about this group, but I mean, and, you know, actually, in fact, I even gave him a hard time the other, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, because it was when the offense really started to surge this year. And I think I asked him, in the post-game press conference, I said, have you ever had an offense quite like this? I mentioned that statistic of the fact that you had five different double-digit scores yep. twice in three games. I ended up being three out of four after that. But um, it, did I say it's, it's only, it only happened, I think, twice in the yeah. three, 11 years under him. And so, yeah. you know, what, is this a unique offense for you? And then he was quick to say, yeah, I don't know, Dave, two <laughs> years ago, we were pretty good on offense. And I said, well, yeah, but, you know, it was different. I mean, it really yes. was yeah. three guys that you were really relying on. It could be any of six different guys on a given night for Virginia now. And, and I think that is unique. Um, and so, you know, it, it's always funny. So it's like almost like Tony needs to get it like a year or two away from it before he can really, because he said he looked back at that thing two years ago. He was watching films somehow. And he said, boy, I, it made me really realize how good that group really was. And I don't think he appreciated it maybe in the time, you know, it's just, that's sort of how he's hardwired to, to always try to think his team can be better. I but, also uh, go back and watch film of that season. Yeah. <laughs> and by film, I mean like YouTube you videos of the complete. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm like, uh, oh, Carol- I haven't watched the Purdue game in a while. I should probably do that. Caroline's sitting there just being like, mm, should have made the extra pass. Uh, ooh, just right. an ill-advised possession there <laughs> yes. against Auburn. Yeah. Mm. Just taking notes. I'll send them, really I send him a weekly good. email. Right. He hasn't Something gotten back weird. to me on any of my weekly yeah. emails about notes from two years yeah. ago. Weird. Jack <laughs> does a nice shot block, but why did you have to block that right. shot? Yes. What happened exactly. leading up to that? Um, but no, it was uh, so. So, getting back to your original question in terms of you know where I think this team can go, I, I think this team can be very, very good. I, I think offensively, when you're as diversified as this group is, and and I think the defense is coming too. Yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that it's it's never going to be where it was last year, but nobody ever expected it to be. I mean, I, I think last year's team defensively might have been the best that Tony. Yeah, had. agreed. Yeah. Um, but they had to be because they obviously didn't have the <laughs> offense on the other side. Right. So, you know, they had enough, they, they made it work, but this group's got that balance. And, you know, I thought Josh Pastner said it well, when, when he was talking about Virginia's teams and, and how, you know, they, they can be staggered and, and they're always going to be really good because of the defense, but they become elite when they yeah. have that level of offense that you put with it. And, and we saw that yeah. two years ago. And I think we're starting to see that this year as well. 
how it's much been, does it change when you look at the fact that two years ago that team was guard driven primarily you know you're looking at ty kyle and dre as a wing slash forward this year you look at where the shooting and the scoring is coming from and while you do get like you said big games out of casey or kihei or reese it's that chunk of forwards that front court that's carrying like just the three-point shooting the Mm. you know effective field goal percentage how does that change the dynamics and make them more dangerous as a team yeah, I think it does uh, because the spacing is all different. I mean, how do you defend a team that could stretch you out with a seven footer stepping out to the top of the arc who can set up his five, eight point guard to score inside? I mean, <laughs> if you try to stop that, then you've got Sam Hauser, a guy who was about a 45% career three point shooter at Marquette, who's starting to, oh, by the way, find his shot again. But not only that, I mean, we saw that move he put on, I think it was against Georgia Tech when he yeah, put the, the floater. Mark down the baseline and knocks yeah. down 10 foot floater i mean it just pick your poison man we saw yeah. what that was like trying to defend gonzaga who played that way as well you know so you know it's just like it, it, it's tricky when you've got big guys that can shoot it and score inside and then the other thing that i don't think can be overstated is the importance um and impact that this team has by having multiple point guards yeah. you know the, yeah. Reese Beekman to me is my God. He leaves the imagination. If you're not careful, yeah. you can let it run a little wild with him yeah. because what what he can do with the length, with the speed, with the quickness, the 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 acumen for the game. I, I just <laughs> think he is a perfect fit for Tony yeah. Bennett's yeah. team. And he's starting to you know to steal the line from the Matrix. He's beginning to believe. You know, I mean, you're starting to see. yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, and and like you said, not just the talent that Beekman has and the ability, but the fact that he is that extra point guard with Kihei on the floor. I mean, we've seen forever that, that Tony wants to run multiple ball handlers at the same time. It just, it lets coach Bennett do what he wants to do with the lineup and, and see it succeed. And it's, it's really taken off even with some ups and downs. I mean, the Georgia tech game was nerve wracking for everybody. One thing I wanted to ask you about Dave is the beginning of the season. It seemed like, okay, Huff and Kihei are the most important players. Yeah. Obviously Hauser brings the shooting and we're going to need him and, and all the other parts that that, that they're going to need to be successful. But this team goes as far as Huff and Kihei are going to carry them. And now Kihei hasn't had to score, hasn't scored, and thankfully hasn't had to score to get the the wins against Syracuse and Georgia Tech. It's becoming more of a focus for him to distribute and the other guys to find their shots. Uh, Just curious what you've seen in those games, the the Kihei's role specifically with him. You know, is it, it... is it a purposeful thing? Is it a, okay, the ball's not going in, so let's try somebody else or, you know, I'm sure a combination of both. Yeah. I think that you just answered it right there. I think it is a combination of everything. I can tell you, he's not intentionally three of 16 in the last <laughs> Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Basketball, but uh, <laughs> he, he, he has not shot the ball, but man, has he been a factor. And, and right. when he has hit the shot, obviously against Georgia tech, man, I mean, I love that. The guy's O of eight. Right. Yeah. When he puts that no shot points. Right. Yeah. It's the game winner. I said, did, what, what were you thinking? You're own eight and you put that shot up. He's, I had no idea what I was shooting. And I believe him. I, I don't think, yeah. I think he probably knew he wasn't shooting well. A great I, day. Yeah. I, I don't think he'd try to argue that point, but he didn't know his numbers were what they were at that point when he yeah. hit that game winning shot. But yeah, I, I also do think that with all the different weapons around him, um, yeah, his, his role has changed. I don't think, and it's more like what it was probably his first year. Sure, yeah, 100%. Yeah with the big three he had these three dynamic scorers around him um and yeah he was trying to set those guys up and then even you know your big guy we, we all remember what happened in the elite eight mommy Diakite for a pretty big shot as it turns out um, <laughs> well i don't remember that what is it yeah Do you have details on that or <laughs> yeah. so you know he, he's he's a guy that can do a lot of things and i think um you know one of the the things that doesn't show up in terms of his skill set though is that mentality i mean yeah. i i think yeah. it he's he's a warrior out there i mean you almost have to be to be as good as he is at five feet they what do they list him five eight eight. they list him five eight it's genuine generous obviously that's (laughs) i think they did this five eight as i am rich (laughs) right and so you know i i think that uh one of the stories that coach bennett talked about I, i don't remember if it was on the air or not i think it was on on the coaches show this week but he talked about uh at one point 
in the Georgia Tech game, how Kihei had been getting beat a little bit. And and they had said, all right, we're going to switch the assignment here. Someone else is guarding Alvarado. Mm -hmm. And Kihei said, no, I got this. <laughs> and he said, I got it. And then from that point on, he locked in. And, and yeah. I think Tony said he looked at me at first. He's like, he said, actually, I kind of liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that feels extremely like Tony vibes that he'd be down yeah. or something. When you look at, too, the 2019 season, obviously, we all know that Tony Bent's a great coach. I would say the best currently, but sure, well, I'll, I'll have a discussion with someone if they want. I still, th I think last season and some of the stuff we've seen early this season has been some of his best coaching. Um, I say last season because of, look, that team was great. Losing what they lost in that quick of a turnaround, especially the way that Bennett pre-plans, you know, the legacy planning that they do with roster, the way, what they got out of that team to me is absolutely remarkable. Um, and that's not meant to insult anybody in any level of the, you know, of the program, but just the way that they dug in defensively, they knew what they had to do. There were kids stepping up, you know, players stepping up and doing way more and all this stuff. And then you look at this year and there was, you know, a video going around about, you know, like, who do they put in the middle of the zone? They don't really have anyone. What are you going to put Kihei in there? And they were like, yeah, we're going to put Kihei in there and it's going to work. And it worked because you know that Kihei can take it to the hoop and score. You have to respect that. But then they also couldn't leave, like the alley-oops, I think I counted five against yeah. Syracuse. Like, it was just master, and that was a turnaround. You never want to see Syracuse on a short turnaround. Um, and just, I think that the the pieces of, you know, people have been clamoring forever to, oh, give up some of the defense to get more offense. And then it was Sam Hauser's not scoring and <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But it just is, it all works so well in the addition of Reese and, Reese's defense he gets those steals but he never puts himself in a situation in which he's leaving the defense as a whole mm -hmm. vulnerable and I think that's what's like we talked about his acumen and, and knowledge of the game but that's some of the stuff that this is he's a steal threat yeah, no question <laughs> and he's good in transition and he's a good one-on-one -on -one defense it's I just mean, like the pieces are oh, the good in transition just makes like i just get <laughs> butterflies because i'm like finally <laughs> like i i believe and and i know there's no stats that would really say they were ever bad at it but i just feel like that was one of the things through this this past 10 year amazingness of, of UVA basketball was like in transition when they try and bust out the fast transition play, it doesn't work. And that's why we play slow. And yeah, and, there was always this understand this assessment or, you know, assumption that they, they would were do good it, at it. It wouldn't work. And you'd be like, see, this is why we play slow <laughs> coach. Bennett would that. So it's nice to see a little more, uh, I don't know, confidence on my part, at least that <laughs> the transition buckets are there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dave, I do want to ask a big thing that we, have noted, um, you know, through this season is, is the loss of Mamadi and Key on the defensive end has completely changed how the same defense, the pack line defense is employed by this team. And it, it like you said, it, the defense is starting to come on more and more uh, consistently. What have you seen in the, in the personnel? How do you make up for that? Or, or how is this team succeeding without the, the glass cleaning rebounding and, and Jay Huff is sort of a different de defensive presence. Like, obviously, he brings an, an amazing height and shot blocking talent, yeah. but he's, he's not all over the place, you know, just vacuuming up the, the loose balls and stuff. What have you seen this team do to still succeed defensively at an elite level with such different personnel uh, in the front court? Yeah, I think that what we're talking about um, is covering some of that up a little mm -hmm. bit more with more, I, I would say, Dominant, well, maybe dominant is too strong of a word, but I think solid, really solid on-ball defense mm -hmm. uh, on the outside with some of the guards, whether it's Casey Morsell, Reese Beekman, Kihei Clark, those guys slide well, and, yeah. and they they can defend that perimeter and make things very difficult to turn a corner, and, and I think that's a real asset for this group and something that they've leaned on quite a bit, and I think Jay's gotten a lot better. I really do. I think his sure, ability yeah. to stay on the floor, man, yeah. both, <laughs> yeah. both I mean, fouls wise and keeping his feet literally on the floor right? <laughs> yeah. um, is uh, is a big part of this thing for for these guys, because, you know, when you're seven one, you don't have to jump, man. I mean, like it's, it is tough to put the ball around you. And so I think Jay's finally learned that they've been banging it on him, trying to get that into his head for yeah. five years now. And I think it's set in now. 
So, and, and so much of this is just knowing where to be. I mean, really, that's yeah. such a big part of this thing is having that positioning down. And you're starting to see that with all these guys. And you know, another guy we really haven't talked about, which is kind of exciting too, is Trey Murphy. Yep, um, yeah. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, this is a guy who's maybe got as many tools as anybody on the court. And sure. what, what he doesn't have is a ton of experience in the system and he doesn't have the weight that he'd like to have. And I think you yeah, put those true. things together next year, man, I'm excited to see what he can do. But, you know, in, in the meantime, I think this year he's proven that he can be a pretty good weapon as well in his length yeah. and ability to, to alter shots. And you, you've just got a lot of length in there. And, and yeah. I think that can make it difficult to score too. So, you know, I think all those things together. And, and I'll be really interested to see if Murphy can kind of develop into a little bit more of that Swiss Army knife defensively who can guard yeah. a lot of Yeah, yeah. It, I feel like this week you've seen it defensively yeah. from Murphy. Like you've seen a noticeable click up in in that you know key type of role so, yeah. so to speak well that's one of the things they sold him on when, when he yeah. decided to commit here was the deandre hunter thing they said you know yeah. you got a yeah. lot of the qualities he did and uh you know maybe you, you could enjoy a similar outcome obviously you'd love that given what's happened with deandre <laughs> since his time here is oh my gosh right now. some are saying he's the best player in the nba you some know? people I, are saying <laughs> now would i would i happen to be looking at either of those two <laughs> well seeing as i watch all of the nba to solely see what like malcolm and dre and those guys are doing then yes he absolutely yes. is <laughs> um when you i always joke that like not enough people are talking about trey murphy and then i realized that i can write about the him. One so like that's, yeah, that's what they're like, oh, that's me. Um, but you look defensively, what I've noticed or makes me feel better now is earlier in the season when they were struggling, it was stuff that was like complete miscommunications. Even guys like like Jay and and Kihei would leave guys and you'd have someone wide open for a three and you're just like, that's the stuff that's got to kill you. Yeah. And now you're not seeing as many. There's obviously there's still breakdowns because this will happen. They're playing talented teams. But did you anticipate this level of defensive rebounding from Sam? Because that's one of the things that has stood out. Um, I mean, obviously for the first three or four games, he was averaging a double-double. But um, was that something that was talked about a lot or that you expected to see from him on that end of the court? No, I don't think to this degree. Um, I, I suspect that the coaches knew he had it in him to be a pretty good rebounder. But I think, you know, he, he's just he's got it right between the ears. I mean, like he, he just yeah. knows where it's going to go and where to position himself. And, and, and he's, he's dogged. I mean, like yeah. you have to be to be a good rebounder. And, and I think he is. And so that was one of the cool things I always thought throughout the first part of this schedule that we saw was when his three point shot wasn't falling. I mean, I just love the way that he he found ways to be very effective otherwise. Um, yeah. Whether it was his inside game, his rebounding, and even his defense is starting to come around too. So, you know, he's never going to be an elite defender, but I think he can be a good one in the system because so much of it, again, is just knowing where to position yourself and where to be. And I think he's gotten much better at that. But, yeah, he's been a great asset on the boards. I, I, I would tend to agree maybe, at least in my opinion, it's been a little bit of a bonus. Again, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure that they knew he had that potential to be a good rebounder, but I, I wasn't quite as keenly aware of that as what I've seen. Yeah, and it's – I'm a staunch anti-long two person. <laughs> like I'm like, why are we taking these long twos? Um, and I've been talking to – are working with Fifth Factor Plots that does a lot of shot charting and stuff, and um, every single time they'll set – like we were, he sent me one of the – um, latest Sam Hauser ones and I was like ah dang you and your dang long twos and they're all like these green circles of like perfection yeah, and I was just like yeah. ah, I want to be mad but how can He's I be pretty mad good at those yeah, you know you're <laughs> spoiled when yeah right? exactly and you're just and I also one of my favorite things that always happens now is the as Jay gets more and more when Jay gets amped up it's like one of my favorite things because it's mm. still super low-key and he'll like wait yeah. until a break and flex and yell or whatever um, but you can notice his blocks get like more and more disrespectful. And I mean that in the like nicest Jabraham Lincoln type of way, like nothing Jay does is actually disrespectful, but the ones where he doesn't leave his feet and he's just like, no, uh, like you can almost like hear the, like, get he's that like, out no, of here. thank you. Yes, please. Well, and, and you know what, Caroline, the, the thing that he told us, uh, after the last game was that he used to go up for those much more violently. He was seeking out the big Karch Karai spike. Yeah. And now he's kind of living with, all right, maybe, I mean, a maybe I don't get the block, but I alter it and I make it a, a bad shot. Or right. B, maybe I do get the block and it's a little bit more blasé. But one way or the other, it's more effective. <laughs> well, and he's—I feel like he's been more effective at blocking it to himself. He's—he's yeah. he's ended up with a possession, or a teammate has gotten possession of way more of his blocks. It feels like because he's doing 
you know, he, I think he told us after, I think it was either last game or two games ago where he's like, yeah, Williford's been telling me to stay down. And yeah. wow, it turns out he was right. <laughs> like, just like so funny that he always yeah. delivers those lines with, um, when you look at the schedule going forward, obviously big game this weekend, Virginia tech, um, only one game against Florida state, which I think is the other team with Virginia that has kind of separated itself. Um, how do you see like the rest of the schedule playing out? What stands out to you about this weekend's matchup, particularly um, in the just strength of the ACC? Yeah, the ACC, like Virginia, is a bit of a moving target right now. Huh? I mean, I just think it's I think it's I think it's getting better. I really do. I mean, yeah. I, I think yeah, the same. whole league was was very down at the beginning of the year, including obviously Virginia. I mean, when you're your preseason number one in your league is struggling like Virginia kind of was. Yeah. That obviously impacts everything, but it wasn't just Virginia. Obviously it was all of those blue bloods, the Carolinas, the Dukes, and I don't know what's going on with Duke still, but I won't feel comfortable going against those guys just by <laughs> yeah. virtue of talent alone. You know that they, yep. they're going to have it in them, sure. but I think the schedule is going to get a lot more challenging is my guess. And I, and there yeah. will be some bumps. I, I have no expectation. Virginia's going to run the table on this. <laughs> any stretch. So, I mean, I think you look at, you've got Louisville twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going to have, uh, North Carolina, I think just the one time yet with Carolina yeah. and then one time with Duke. Um, but, you know, uh, it's in Virginia Tech. We think, and then here's the other question. One What's time? The rescheduling games. I'm, yeah. I mean, we saw one get rescheduled this week, not Virginia, but I, I don't know where you're going to plug those in or if you're going to plug those in. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, and then, of course, this weekend with Virginia Tech, it's, I don't know. You guys can tell me what you think on this. And I've mentioned this the other night to Coach Bennett, but I feel like in this series, while I don't think obviously the rivalry burns as hot as it does in football, mm -hmm. I do think that that whole cliche of throwing the records out the windows when these rivals get together, I do think it applies a little more to this series historically sure. yeah. than other ACC games. It just seems like no matter what's going on, who's in, who's out, what the records are, it just, it's almost always a dogfight. Now it's not to say that Virginia hasn't had some lopsided wins periodically throughout this thing, but keep in mind, tech's been really down at times and yeah. Virginia has been way high throughout all this, you know, so you'd expect to at least have a couple of those. And, and I don't think we've ever seen Virginia tech blow Virginia out, but they've stolen some uh, against very good teams that they probably had no business beating. Yeah. So I feel like I, the ones in Blacksburg in particular. Are yeah. Yes. Close. That's what I was going to say is usually play. it's the, yeah. usually the home team tends to play so much better. But even you the, say that Caroline yeah. two years ago in the, in the national title year, that was one of two regular season That's losses. Yeah. I mean, you thought game days in Charlottesville right. that day. Well, that, that was yeah. annoying. There's that, no I'm, way oh, I'm still right. furious about that. So 2018, Honestly, like the, the, for, I have my own thing about that season with 2018 and UMBC and like whatever. I, yeah. When I think about that season, I'm the first thing I think of was like, I can't believe they lost a dang overtime one point game yeah. to Virginia Tech to ruin their undefeated ACC season. Like my first thought isn't even the 16-1 game. I'm just like, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> what it's just right? like, actually, I, I thank you for correcting me on that because I think I had said it was the national title season. But yeah, right. that was just two losses to dang Duke where it was right. they. Right played really great there that really close game and then uh, cam reddish came to charlottesville okay. and he was shooting like 18 percent from three that and went five LeBron for game. five to start it yeah. and i was like yeah. yeah lebron was there it was that game was nuts but yeah like and that's the thing you're right because that's the game that one was in charlottesville that they stole so i'm, I'm curious you know they're down a couple people that players that started you know with between carter diara um opting out and then now tyrese radford um yeah. indefinitely suspended um yeah, on paper virginia should feel pretty good i think i mean i i, yeah. I do but i just same 100 percent agree with you 100 you, know, you, <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get it's not no. even the, the rivalry the the history that the virginia tech i mean it is all these things that the, the history that it's always a close game in blacksburg etc i feel like every time uva plays a team that's like oh now they're missing their starting shooting guard the yes. backup goes for yes. 35 you know yes, same. <laughs> like, it's not, you're reminding me of the football team. I, I'm trying yes. to think of the guys that came in at quarterback that right, right. top 10 draft picks as backup quarterbacks <laughs> against Virginia as their day. Exactly. Yeah. Never and has it actually Dame been quarterback. Well, I can't yeah, think right. of the name. All these backups that came in and just Maryland, Maryland played a linebacker quarterback right, and once threw and they for won. Like 350 <laughs> yards. Yeah, I don't, yeah. That was way longer ago. But yeah, and I'm yeah. the same way. Like this, and what I do with this Virginia Tech team, Mike Young's a good coach. Like, I don't think anyone yes. here would say that he's, he's not. Fit. 
Yeah, he's a great fit. And and those and what Virginia Tech definitely does is they and they play hard. Like sure. you're not gonna get a game where you don't have the effort. You know, you look yeah. at Cone, he's a threat like that. This is sometimes where I I automatically go to like, okay, who's gonna who's Kihei gonna be on? Can they slow this person down? Like, you know, three point shooting wise, you just gotta look at Couture. Um, but yeah, it's one of those, like you look at it and you're like, this seems, it was the same. I did the same thing with Syracuse where I was like, this team seems pretty good to beat a zone because they're shooting well yeah. from three, but that makes me more nervous. What is this? So it'll be, it'll be interesting to, it, and it's, you're right. I do the same thing when you're like, I don't expect them to win every single ACC game because that's absurd. That's crazy. And then you look at each individual game and you know, Ken Palm has them favored, um only losing one more game projections wise and that's at florida state and it's 66 65 (laughs) and the the probability is 50 50 and so and florida state is projected to win their remaining games and so it's just like that it's crazy that honestly it's just crazy the level of success that has been built up and maintained that again if you told 2007 carolinas i'm like are you crazy I don't know what would seem more outlandish, like sitting here talking to you guys on a video monitor, right. in knowing I was going outside wearing a mask, right. or Virginia's doing on the court. I mean, recent yeah. presidencies. Yeah, the world is we're in bizarro land. Yeah, that's right. Hedge aspect. funds are being taken down by Reddit users, yeah, and you are. just be like, "What Reddit?" And Virginia went seven <laughs> for a third time in seven years. Now, now here's the question, Darns. If 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 the magical genie or whoever yeah 2007 us and says all this is going to happen by 2021 but also uva is going to win the basketball championship in that span are you okay with all of this <laughs> is that a record probably like yeah, yeah where like, do i sign yeah what it might be like they win all right i mean like... crab people are going to emerge <laughs> from the appalachian We'll be watering our plants with Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's absurd. And it, you know, I saw a couple people talk about, they're like, hey, make sure you enjoy and appreciate this. And it's hard to do that. Like we talked about earlier when Tony looks back on on teams from a couple years ago. And, um, but like appreciate, it's just kind of like, oh man, it's just, (laughs) the expectations can get so easily out of hand, but it, it just feels like it's, like I look at that Georgia Tech game, right? Like 64-62 final. I have I put Georgia Tech like sixth, I think, fifth or sixth in my preseason poll because they bring back so they brought back so many players. I love Moses Wright. Alvarado is just a guy that balls. Like he just plays so hard. Um, Virginia beat them with Virginia with Georgia Tech shooting 60% from three. Like I go back and look at it to try and like, you know you know, when, when they lost to Duke the other night, they shot like 22% or something right. from three. Like, it's just in it. I go back and look at some of these performances that normally you're like, yeah, they beat Georgia tech. They're supposed to be Georgia tech. They're number, you know, preseason number, you know, number one in the conference, but some that's, those are the performances that stand out more to me sometimes than like what they did to Clemson, which was impressive, but down nine, what do you do out of this, you know, baseline right. out of bounds play. And again, we talk about the coaching part of it, knowing that Sam can hit shots like that. And the one that's that Jay hit fading away from, you know, just inside with three seconds on the shot clock. Like those are the ones where you're like, what a gritty performance. Like I hate yeah. using that phrase, but, <laughs> but I'll tell you this, I, I think as much as you talk about coaching there and obviously coaching matters, but I think to your point about why Georgia tech is, is good this year. I, they have guys that have been through some of these before and i think yeah, Virginia, true. we've been spoiled by how littered these rosters have been with yeah. guys who have been through the wars and right. yeah. you just talk to jay huff now and, and you can right. hear how he talks about things he's been around he's tough to yeah. i don't want to say he's unflappable but he's getting a lot closer to that and you know some of these young guys are now seeing that the way right. jay saw it a couple of years ago with those older guys that he was yeah. on the team with with ty jerome and kyle guy and you know, and, and they see how those guys handle those situations. And, and it's, that's where your culture sets in. Yeah. 100%. This thing becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy the longer it goes. And, and I, I don't know, I think that that has been the secret sauce for Virginia. So yeah. I just, you know, and that's the one thing that, that scares me a little bit about the way things are going with some of these new rules and immediate transfers, not to change topics altogether, but 
Virginia's ability to keep guys and, and keep them patient is yeah yeah thing to do and, and yeah. does that get impacted by some of these rules where guys can leave if they're not playing you know I, I don't know what's going through Jabri Abdurrahim's mind right. right now I mean this sure. is a very talented kid who doesn't have a lot of space to get out there right now is he willing yeah. to wait a year or two to, before he can be the guy I don't know and, and would he be less likely to do that if he could transfer and play immediately somewhere else I don't know yeah, it's spot on with exactly what my next question was going to be was this rotation has tightened like we anticipated, you know, yeah. we know coach Bennett wants to use those first few games to, to figure it out and then the rotation tightens in ACC play, and then they win, then they win every game right like like we're used to seeing, but the the negative to that is, you know, Justin McCoy, who a lot of people were excited about what he could bring to this team, isn't seeing the minutes. Uh, Wolden Tense isn't seeing the minutes, but you feel like he's going to get plugged in some of these games and, mm-hmm. and go for 12 points. Uh, and Abdul Rahim is a, another obvious one that, that people were excited about that isn't getting the minutes. It's a normal thing, but we have these new rules. Uh, you, you just said you haven't talked to him. You don't know, but... I mean, coach knows, right? Like there's got to be a sense in this team that, that, that that's part of it is, is the servanthood, is the humility, is the, the team focus for UVA. Should I, we as fans, you know, expect that sort of, they know what they're getting into, or at least they're learning it now and they're going to make a decision, you know. But Coy's been here. Walden Tensei has been here, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I hope so. Uh, I can't say with any degree of, of you know, extreme confidence because I think these are young kids and, yeah. and I, I, it, a lot of it, I think part of the scouting that Tony Bennett does is try to identify people that are able to be here for the long haul, but you just, you don't know. Of I mean, let, let's, let's be real. I mean, I think if, uh, who was it that when Virginia was, there was, oh, when Virginia was about, I, I think back to when, Sfy Mikhailik, Mikhailik. Yeah, yeah. When he ended up going to Kansas, um, if he had come to Virginia, what would that have meant for a guy like Justin Anderson? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think there's only so much time, you know, room to go around. So you, you know, I think sometime you're going to have to suffer one of those casualties. I don't know when it'll be. I hope it's not anytime soon because you don't. You hate to see talent leave, but sometimes it happens. Um, and, and I think at some point it probably will again here for Virginia, but you know, it's a great problem to have uh, sure. as opposed to some of the other back in the day, remember all the transfers we saw leave and it was <laughs> yeah. for necessarily always playing time. I mean, it was yeah. just strange varying reasons, the, yeah. the lack of, you know, a winning culture at that time. And yeah. if you're leaving now, it's for no other reason than you don't think you're going to get to play. Which, and, you know, you right. get one shot at, you know, you get one oh, time. Yeah. You know, well, I guess. Fair enough. Shot. If, if yeah. you're not going to get to play and you want to like. I'm yeah. in the forever, like, and, and I think there's a lot of, you know, people when Mariel Shayok left, like that continued to root for him wherever he went and understanding that some of these things, you know, that come up. And I had a couple of friends that were looking at um, older, you know, like ev- just, well, just about everybody went after Zion. Like that's the <laughs> thing that happened. Um and so you, you kind of look at some of the quote recruiting misses, but now in hindsight, again, 2020, like all of it turns into like, well, that worked out in Virginia's favor. That worked out. Michael like if Porter, they didn't have him, like, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. Is a perfect example. Yeah. Right? You know, when he had a, he had a connection with Tony Bennett and we kind of a little dared to dream a little bit. I know he was on grounds at one point and had a friendship with Kyle guy. I mean, yep. he yeah. ends up playing what four games at Missouri. Yeah. Right. And you look, I mean, you look at, you know, some of the Johnny Juzang rumors, you know, early stuff there, Javon Quinterly, where it's coming down to like, here's so-and-so and here's so-and-so. And, and you know, Quinterly's playing great for a good we, Alabama We got team. another one of those coming up with Trevor Keels. Yeah, ready. Trevor Keels, you know, is out there and, you to know. see it, him in Philly. Or... Yeah, well, we don't know yet, but it's one no, of those. No, like, that is not, yeah, I have no source. <laughs> and you look now at what Virginia is doing right now, and this is not meant to pile on Duke, but like another number one ACC class at Duke and they're, they're struggling. And so it's not always an indication of just what you're ranked is going to mean that translate to success. You can look at Kentucky right now for the same thing. Um, you know, Kansas to some extent over some of the time periods. And so I, I mean, this is, I think this stuff is all very fascinating. I'm interested to see what happens going forward with legislation around name, image and likeness and like how that changes things um and one-time transfer rules and all that good stuff so it's always 
college basketball has always been my favorite. So I could always talk about stuff forever. But uh, we recently found out that Tony Bennett uh, is a Schitt's Creek fan, <laughs> which is huge news for my gift game because mm-hmm. this is outstanding news. Um, did that surprise you at all that Tony likes Schitt's That is, is he, who do you, who would you pick as his favorite character if you had to? That's basically all I want to know is like, is he more of a David or an Alexis? He's or a classic he, Moira. Kind of classic. <laughs> does he say bebe now? Like, I, this is the information that I need is if he's like walking around at home talking to the world, be like, oh, where was the bebe? Like, this is all I need. <laughs> oh, I, I can promise you that sort of shtick goes on in their house for sure. I mean, that, I was not surprised that he said that. No, I wasn't. I, you know, he, he's got a very goofy side to him and, and he's, he's, he's a fun loving guy. And I think we both share a bit of a sophomore sense of humor. So uh, <laughs> I really realize, um, but yeah, no, he, he's, uh, he, he is not all buttoned up. I promise. <laughs> he hasn't hit you with an ew, David. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not hit me with that yet. I need that. He's the other question. It. You probably, yeah. you, you, you stole this joke and he was going to wait for he's, When he listens <laughs> to this podcast, he's going to be furious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. furious. The idea. <laughs> um, last question for you. Most important one. Um, Kihei's hairstyles. Yeah. Do you have any insight into uh, how he's choosing them? Does he does he follow the advanced hairstyle analytics, knowing mm. that you know the combination mm. of headband, ponytail, bun, braids? What he's shooting for each of these, yeah. or is it just whatever he feels when he wakes up? I have I have very disappointing news for you. <laughs> you have not this very question for our pregame. I've got him on pregame on, uh, yes. on Saturday, and he said it's uh, he wakes up. And if he's got some stuff around, he'll use it. If not, he says, now this is what he says. Now he also plays things down. I think more <laughs> than his actual reality at times. So I'm not entirely sure. I totally believe him, but um, he, he says it's sort of on a whim type of thing. But I did say that I, I have been um, spending far too much time on our broadcast talking about it. So <laughs> I figured out kind of what, what, what to call these things. And, and, I started calling my, my favorite personal of his is, is when he's had the man bun on top and I called it the, the rain on the back, right? Yes. Logo yeah. on, it, was, it was party on top, party in the back is what I called <laughs> Party all over the place. It's party but, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one gigantic party going on up there, but, uh, but all business on the court, man. That's what yeah, it sure. is because you know, it's, it's, it's just funny to see, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's there's no real, at least according to him, uh, method to the madness. Interesting. So, will you do me a favor, Dave? And if it comes up again, please tell him not to pull a mommy at least. Just, just no bleach blonde key. Hey, that worked well, Pierce. Again, in hindsight. You know, know. It was a winning formula for yeah. mommy. Someone called it that he's rocking the Anthony Gill. And I always appreciate it. I always appreciate a good Anthony Gill starter for the Washington Wizards. One of the looks, he looks like Don Staley out there from, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the way she used to have her headband and back, back in my childhood. It's a good, good look to emulate. Let's be honest. (laughs) For sure. Well, Dave, thank you immensely again for, for taking the time to chat with us about uh, the who's and and our favorite sitcoms. And uh, (laughs) we very much appreciate it and look forward to having you back sometime soon, hopefully. All right. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me guys. All right. And thanks for listening folks. Stay tuned to the blog for uh, pre and post game coverage as the who's take on uh, the dreaded Hokies this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Go who's. We'll